Life is an incredible archive of stories. If you do it right, or even if you do it wrong, just living long enough will supply you with a treasure trove of memorable adventures. The following memories take place over many decades. So settle in with a cold one and let me tell you a story. With Halloween Fest approaching, I thought I'd tell you a story about facing fear. The story actually prefaces my The Year of My Life VR.com continuum book series with the fictional main character telling the story, but the experience was real. Many years ago, I was on a plane out of San Francisco that was headed for Los Angeles. My watch told me we weren't even halfway there when the plane started to backfire and buck like a Bronco. All around me, people were in panic mode and several were praying. I didn't either. No, I wasn't channeling Jack Reacher. I was going through a mental checklist of options. That's something I'd trained myself to do over many years of adversity, painful situations, and dealing with the unknown. Over time, it had become my automatic response to unplanned catastrophes. Instead of being overwhelmed, I would mentally slow things down and evaluate the available options in order to get out of the catastrophe. It's similar to the way people relate feeling before an impending car crash. They see it coming, but time appears to slow down. I realized that I had three options, all of which were out of my control. My first option was that the plane would crash and I would die. I had to believe that the pilot knew what he was doing, and even if he didn't, I wasn't going to spend my last moments worrying about it. My second option was that the plane would crash and I would end up doing a reenactment of Humpty Dumpty. That would mean months of recuperation and physical therapy as I struggled to bring myself back to my current physical condition. I had done that before and I was confident that I could do it again. My final option was that the plane would land safely, in which case I had nothing to worry about. I could tell that the woman sitting to my right was getting nervous. It had become apparent that the problem was in the jet engine to my left. I closed the sliding shades of the window next to me. At the same time, I could see the sun slowly moving down the row of open windows across from me. We were returning to San Francisco. As you've probably guessed by now, we landed safely. So why have I told you this story? Because the actions of the people on that plane were a perfect representation of how humanity reacts when faced with a crisis. Don't get me wrong, fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is an emotional response that can serve as a launching pad for unimaginable acts of courage. But when faced with a crisis or the threat of a crisis, basic human nature is to utilize fear over logic. The question is, why? I think it's because deep down, we enjoy feeling fearful. The celebration of Halloween is a perfect example. We surround ourselves with ghosts, goblins, spiders, and other representations of fear. We pay to walk through spooky houses, watch scary movies, and listen to creepy songs about the supernatural and death. These are all manufactured crises designed to invoke fear, and we can't get enough of it. We ride roller coasters and skydive for the adrenaline rush that we feel as a result of this fear factor. All of these examples have one thing in common. We create a manageable crisis because we enjoy being fearful 
But fear can also cause us to become reactionary and illogical in the absence of crises, manufactured or otherwise. When political rhetoric and religious values challenge our beliefs of the way things are or the way we think they should be, we become fearful. When others don't look like us, think like us, or act like us, we become fearful. We create neighborhoods that are mirror images of ourselves out of fear that if we don't, others will create neighborhoods that mirror their own reflections. When the antisocial activities of others invade our neighborhoods, we panic and grasp onto fear in an effort to feel as if we are controlling something we cannot control. If there's a robbery, we buy more locks. If someone is shot, we buy more guns. We lament at how the neighborhood is changing and yearn for bygone times when things were different. But we conveniently forget that things were never different. Fear has an amazing way of whitewashing memories. I grew up in a neighborhood where, for the most part, everyone was just like me. In general, people who weren't like me lived in different neighborhoods. I know that most of the people who moved into my neighborhood didn't plan it that way. They wanted to be part of a new way of life called the suburbs. It was also right after World War II and housing, especially with the GI Bill, was cheap. It was just the way things worked out. Or at least, that's what I thought. Looking back, my memories may not be entirely valid. The people in my neighborhood opened stores and built religious institutions that mimic their values and beliefs. As people left, the neighborhood changed to mimic the values and beliefs of the new homeowners. The people who remain today remember the old neighborhood. They don't like the changes to their neighborhood. The new homeowners don't really care for the people who remained. Here's what makes this story so interesting. The new neighbors and the old neighbors are mostly comprised of people sharing the same religious, economic, and moral values. It's just a matter of degree. And so it goes just about everywhere in the world. Republicans versus Democrats, Labor versus Tories, Blacks versus Whites, Palestinians versus Jews, Hindus versus Sikhs, Uyghur Muslims versus the Chinese government. The list goes on and on. Deep down, they all share the same desires for safety, economic prosperity, and religious freedom. It's just a matter of degree. There's one other factor in play here. It's the universal ours is better than yours mindset. Whether it's politics, religion, culture, personal freedoms, or even something as mundane as sports, we need to feel that our choices are superior to your choices. Take democracy, for example. We like to believe that democracy is for everyone. But true democracy will never work in the Middle East where religious beliefs are much stronger than in the United States. Even Israel, considered by many to be a democracy, is really a theocracy. The rule of religious law intermingles with the rule of civil law. It's not as strong as, say, Saudi Arabia, but then again it's only a matter of degree. It is this need to feel superior that fuels conflicts, global economic instability, and human rights violations. It's the belief that our way of life is better than your way of life. The fear of losing that superiority is what perpetuates power over peace and profit for some over prosperity for all. It's a fear inherent to all of us, and we embrace it. 
Will we ever stop conflicts that erupt over our differences before they irrevocably destroy the futures of generations to come? President Franklin Delano Roosevelt once said, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. What he didn't realize was that we will never fear fear itself because we love it too much. I'm afraid our future destruction has already begun. Stopping it may ultimately come down to learning how to love our differences a little more and our fears a little less. Until the journey brings us together once more, take care and stay safe.